Our hearts uh, are extremely heavy about recent events in Dallas and Minnesota and Louisiana and Orlando and now today Houston, all these different things going on in our country, blowing up on social media and dominating the news you've been watching it. Uh, my personal concern is that over the past several years, these kinds of events have become too commonplace, don't you think? Just too commonplace. And while our church stands with everyone against injustice, and we should stand against injustice, uh, I really don't want to argue one position over another and add to the polarization of our nation. None of us has all the facts on any on every issue, but there is one fact that we do have, and that is, no matter the color of your skin, we all bleed red. And, and that's what makes us brothers and sisters of the human race. So let's, let's pray, and then we're gonna talk today about something that I hope, I think, is gonna be very helpful for all of us. Lord, we come to this place in this time admitting that we need you, more so now these days than ever before. And we put our hearts out there. We ask you to speak to us today. And Lord, we, we get to this one practical part of Scripture here in Galatians chapter 6, and I ask that you would use it uh, to speak to us today. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Everyone said? Amen. Amen. Well, uh, back in 1991, I took my first... African excursion, uh, visiting Witty, Pastor Witty. Uh, he and I were friends back in those days. He was a missionary over there. and Went and visited him on the coast of Mombasa, Kenya. And during my three-week stay there, we visit, visited several of the well-known national parks. It's like hundreds of thousands of acres and wild animals, and we went on an exciting safari. Uh, it was just a great time. While staying at Sabo East National Park, Witty and I decided to go jogging one morning. And as we jogged out of the resort area, there were several yard workers there hollering at us, like screaming at us, in both Swahili and English. I couldn't understand what they were saying, and I don't think Witty cared what they were saying. So we made a decision. What are they saying? What are they saying? I don't know. We made a decision to just keep running down the long red dirt path. We should have listened. Well, as we rounded the corner without warning, the ground erupted and bushes shook violently and there was, there was this loud noise like all hell was breaking loose. And with my heart in my throat, I looked around just in time to see a herd of wild warthogs charging us. And the first thing that came to my mind was the old adage, I don't have to outrun them hogs, I just got to outrun witty. <laughs> well, actually, <laughs> the hogs darted in front of us and then scurried off to the side in the brush. I think we scared them as much as they scared us, and the dangerous confrontation was averted. But come to find out, the yard workers had seen this pack of wild hogs, and they were trying to warn us to take a different path. There it is right there. Take a different path. A warning we should have heeded. It could have been bad. 
So here's what I want to say to you today. When you don't heed warnings and you just decide to do whatever you want to do, it will lead you down a dangerous path. And that's bad. <laughs> For example, your decisions got you into overwhelming debt. That's bad. How did you get on that path? Your unhealthy eating habits are creating serious health issues. That's bad. Why are you on that path? You were an undisciplined employee and you got fired. Again. Why do you keep going down that path? Your marriage is a wreck. Are you surprised? You're on a dangerous path. You're angry at everyone because they got ahead of you in life. What path got you so far behind? Why do we keep making the same mistakes, ruining relationships, spending all of our money, losing jobs, and stiff-arming God? I want to suggest to you today, it is highly likely that you are not heeding serious warnings. That's bad. And when you don't listen, decisions will take you down dangerous paths. Decisions determine paths. Good decisions determine good paths. Bad decisions determine bad paths. And bad paths are not what God wants for you. It is not what I want for you. I care about you. So today, I'm the one that's going to be doing the screaming and the hollering and the yelling to warn some of you of the impending danger lurking down the path that you are walking. As we continue this series, come on, man. Come on, man, we can do better. This is a significant part of what the Apostle Paul was concerned about when he wrote to the Galatians. And here's what Paul said is in Galatians chapter 6, verses 7 and 8. Don't be misled. You cannot mock the justice of God. You will always harvest what you plant. Those who live only to satisfy their own sinful nature will harvest decay and death from that sinful nature. Now, Paul was saying, come on, man. You are being lured down a very dangerous path. And then Paul broke it down for them so that they could understand that their decisions were determining their paths, and some of their paths were not good. So what I want to do today is break it down for you. Paul's words in the original Greek language of the New Testament to break down some of those words to help us understand what Paul was trying to say. He begins by saying, do not be misled. The word misled is the Greek word planeo. You know what word we get from that? The word planet. But when planeo is used not as a noun but as a verb, it carries the idea of deviating from orbit. Planets are in an orbit, yes? And so, deviating from an orbit. In physics, an orbit is the gravitationally curved path of an object around a point in space. And if a planet somehow broke out of its orbit, it'd be bad. It would burn up. It would be a disaster. This gravitational pull is called the law of gravity, and we all know the law of gravity, do we not? You know the law of gravity. Gravity works the same no matter where you are. You drop a ball here in Texas and it falls to the ground. You drop a ball in Moscow, Russia, it falls to the ground. 
Gravity works the same anywhere and everywhere you are. It doesn't care if you're rich or poor, educated or not. It works even if you don't believe in it or understand it or even if you want to argue against it. It's still the law of gravity. It can work for you. It can work against you. But rest assured, it is always working 24-7. Here's why. The law of gravity is a universal principle. Still with me? All right, here we go. Whether Paul used planeo with that metaphor of orbit and mind, we do not know for sure. But what we do know is that the word planeo does introduce the idea of a universal principle. A principle Paul believed that when put in play was taking the Galatians down a dangerous path. So the question is, what was that principle? Well, one thing first before I tell you the principle. The verb, planeo, the verb in the Greek is called an imperative. Now, let me tell you why that's important. This means that Paul was not casually conversing with the Galatians. This was an imperative. He was screaming at them to heed what he was about to say. He knew that to ignore the universal principle he was about to teach them would break the Galatians out of a healthy spiritual orbit, planeo, and take them down a dangerous path. A dangerous path that Paul said mocks God. The word mock, the Greek word is mictor, and it's the word, you'll like this, it's the word for nose. It just means your nose. But in used in this context, the word mictor means turning your nose up, and in this context, turning your nose up at God himself. I think Paul's saying, come on, man. Don't turn your nose up at God, because if you do, this principle goes into effect, and it leads you down a path toward disaster. Don't ignore this universal principle. Okay, what is this principle? What's well, right here in the scripture in verse 7. You will always harvest what you plant. There it is. This, this is phenomenal. This is so simple, but it is so powerful. It's the principle of sowing and reaping. It's a farming term. Planting seed, that means sowing. That eventually those seeds, they grow and they bear fruit. That's reaping. Sowing and reaping. It's a universal principle. Paul applied the universal principle of sowing and reaping to the decisions the Galatians were making. Those decisions that they were making was like sowing. By making a decision, they were sowing into something. And dangerous paths were where they were reaping what they sowed. Now, you got to get this. Decisions are not isolated choices. Once a decision is made, it ignites, it launches the principle. It determines a path. It's not just one decision. It's a path. It begins to make a path that leads every time to some kind of result. It's the principle of sowing and reaping is universal and it works everywhere. Paul was saying, decisions you make today become paths you walk tomorrow. That's sowing. And those paths have a predictable end every time. That's reaping. It's what celebrated author and pastor Andy Stanley deemed 
the principle of the path. You couldn't say it any better than Andy Stanley. The principle of the path. That your decisions are not isolated choices at a point in time. Your decisions create paths that start a principle that will lead to sowing and reaping. You will reap. The principle of the path operates like the law of gravity. It doesn't care if you're rich or poor, educated or not. It works even if you don't believe in it, understand it, or even if you want to argue against it. It can work for you or it can work against you, but rest assured, it is always working 24-7. So you need to get this. Decisions you make today become paths you walk tomorrow, and those paths have a predictable end every single time. It's the principle of the path. And it's at work in your life. And here's what it looks like. When it goes negative, it looks something like this. A few years ago, uh, we had a couple who was just overwhelmed by debt, struggling to pay their bills, and they come into the office, and a couple of us talked to them, and they, they made the statement, we just don't know how this happened. How many times have I heard that? I've probably said it. <laughs> I don't know how this happened. Really? You don't? I don't know how this happened. Both of them had good jobs, well into six-figure income range. They were good people. They gave to the church. They helped other people. We were thinking, why are these folks struggling? Well, it didn't take long to figure it out. We learned through talking with them that every year they take incre incredibly expensive, exotic vacations. Every year they felt entitled to that because they worked so hard. They lived in a monster house in an exclusive neighborhood. And they drove two very expensive designer model vehicles, and they ate out almost every meal. Two very intelligent, college-educated, college good-hearted Christ followers said, I don't know how this financial problem happened. Yeah, you do. You spend more than you make. Then the universal principle of the path kicks in. You've made decisions in the path, in the past that have determined your reality today and it was inevitable because it's a principle and it's working everywhere all the time. In doing this, they made the same mistake many others make. You think your decision to overspend or whatever your issue is, is an isolated decision. It is not isolated. Your decisions create a path and, you, and when you've been on it a long time, it takes you to a predictable end every single time. And it's true for all of us. My marriage is a mess. I don't know how this happened. Really, you think the blonde secretary at work had nothing to do with it? Really? I'm always in trouble at work. My boss is horrible. Really? That's why you're in trouble at work? I never seem to get good grades. It must be bad teachers. Yeah, right. Okay. I can't seem to lose weight. Can't figure it out. Okay, you can't really? You can't figure that out? And here, here's one of my favorites. I'm pregnant, and I don't know how this happened. <laughs> okay. I can't pay my mortgage. Is God punishing me? Listen, friends, God is not punishing you. You didn't have all bad teachers. Your pregnancy isn't the immaculate conception, and you can't lose weight because you're eating chicken fried steak every day. You're reaping what you have sown. It's a universal principle. It works everywhere. All the time, the same. Decisions you sowed in the past have become dangerous paths you're walking today. Others saw it. They warned you. 
but you turned up your nose. There it is. Paul told the Galatians, you've turned up your nose and you didn't listen. All right, I'm not done. Can I keep going? All right. And, and now you want a quick fix. And I want you to hear this. You don't need a quick fix. You need a new path. There's a huge difference. Decisions you make today become paths you walk tomorrow, and those paths have a predictable end every single time. Yet many still ignore the warnings. And why is that? Well, Paul tells us why. He says to the Galatians, because many live only to satisfy their own sinful nature. Now, we debated this in our teaching team, whether to uh, talk about this word satisfy. Uh, it's a little complex, but the Greek word satisfy is the exact same Greek word as sowing. It's the same word Paul just used. Whatever you sow, whatever you plant, it's the same word right here, satisfy. What do you say, what does that mean? That means that when the Galatians made decisions to satisfy their own sinful nature, those decisions were like sowing seeds of lust and greed and envy and slander and drunkenness and lying and cheating, and it led them down dangerous, inevitable paths. Proverbs tells us there's a path before each person and it seems right, but it ends in death. I taught my kids that. We were growing up. My kids, they can quote this. Principle of the path, dad, principle of the path. They don't always follow it, but it's the principle of the path. There's a way that seems right to a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. It would be good to heed that warning. It's exactly what Paul warned the Galatians. You will harvest, you will reap decay and death. Actually, in the Greek, it's only one word right there, and it's the word for rottenness. You will be rotted from the inside out is what the word actually means. Paul is screaming at the Galatians. This is an imperative. Decisions you make today, they're not isolated they become paths. There's a principle in play here. They become paths tomorrow, and those paths have a predictable end every time. It's the law of sowing and reaping. Andy Stanley calls it the principle of the path. But you can turn it around and turn it in your favor, the principle of the path. Verse 8, those who live to please the Spirit will harvest they will reap positive, everlasting life. Quality life is what that means from the Spirit. Well, after, after high school, uh, there was a tight-knit group of us uh, who chose various paths for our lives, and one of our group, one in our group, her name was Carol. She chose a path and made some very bad decisions in college that took her far outside of a healthy orbit of a good path. She ignored the warnings of those close to her when she dated and then married the wrong guy who turned out to be an alcoholic 
and a drug addict. We told her that. Some of us, some of her friends told her that. She didn't listen. Then they moved to another state far from her family and friends, and now she was alone. While there, Carol accumulated lots of debt, worked temp jobs, and tried to support her unmotivated husband, tried to make the marriage work. Her life was spiraling out of control. I talked to her a time or two, I believe, during those years. I know it was just very, very rough for her. But a few years into this debacle, she got up one morning to go to work, and she tells the following story. She says, I went downstairs to leave for work and found my husband laying on the couch, high and drunk, unwilling to get up and go look for a job. And she said to herself, every man I know gets up every day and goes to work. What's wrong with this picture? On the staircase that day, with this picture in mind, Carol made a new decision. I'm not doing this anymore. And she didn't. That new decision created a new path. Unfortunately, the marriage did not work out. She tried, but that just did not work out. But Carol recovered. She got an entry-level job at a large corporation, made decisions to contribute to a retirement plan. A couple of years later, she meets this great guy, and now 29 years later, Carol is a senior leader of one of the large departments in this corporation. She's happily married, was asked recently to be an elder in her church, and when she comes to town, she takes us all out, and she usually pays. It was not too late for Carol to turn things around. I know because Carol is the oldest of my two sisters. And I watched this happen. And talking to her this week, she adamantly wanted you to know it is not too late for you. What is your staircase moment that might compel you to heed the warnings, make different decisions, and when you make different decisions, God-honoring decisions, it starts the principle of the path moving, but it begins to move in the power of God's Spirit. Decisions you make today become paths you walk tomorrow, and those paths have a predictable end every time. It's the principle of the path. Would you join me in prayer? Father, our prayer is that you would help us turn some things around, maybe in one part of our life, maybe our whole life. You know what it is. And we ask for your help Father, I pray for all those who are struggling with, with something or many things, and they don't, maybe they don't feel the strength to make the right decision. I pray, Father, you would do whatever it is that you do that helps us to be able to make those kind of decisions and to ignite a new principle of the path working in our lives. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.